Listener, you've pressed play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes State of Michigan. How's it going? My name is Robert Kerr, your host here as always on the program. Very busy times in the world of Michigan soccer. Uh, fall soccer at every level is underway right now. My myself. Had a busy soccer weekend. Had a uh, a little bit of a treat on Friday night. Was uh, invited to fill in as the public address announcer at Wald Lake North. Got to see a lot of goals as Wald Lake North was able to secure a 5-0 victory that day. So thank you to uh, Coach Mario and uh, Assistant Coach Luke for having me out on Friday night. That was excellent. And then Saturday was the opening for... Uh, the U9 youth team and coaching kids team. And uh, <laughs> it's always a pleasure to see the little ones uh, play and uh, a lot of uh, new soccer careers started. So uh, th- that was very fun. And then on Saturday night, we saw Detroit City FC get a needed win on the road, very successful on the road these days. And uh, uh, we've got a LaRouge report on this week's episode of the podcast Great guests ahead. It's a great segue that we have a debutante on the program on La Rouge Report today. Our uh, look and conversations with uh, Detroit City FC players and uh, staff. We have uh, on the back of his debut professional start, goalkeeper for La Rouge, Ryan Shello. Uh, comes on the show and we have a great conversation. Stick around for that. I really enjoyed chatting with him and getting a very unique perspective from the Detroit City FC camp. And then we've also got Coach Chad Wiseman from the Western Michigan Broncos who look like they might be having another special season out there in Kalamazoo. They just ripped off Three wins against Big Ten teams in the last two weeks. So they're off to a three-and-one start. And uh, a lot of great things ahead, you'd think, for the Broncos. So please stay tuned and uh, enjoy this week's episode of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Welcome back, listener. Robert Kerr here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. In our next segment, it is another installment of the LaRouge Report. And this week, we've got a man who not only won Man of the Match honors, but it was his professional debut. I'm very happy to welcome Detroit City FC goalkeeper Ryan Shello. Thank you for coming on the show, sir. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So I wanted to start off with congratulations on getting the nod and getting uh, some accolades as uh, being the DCSC player of the game. With such a momentous occasion, we'll get to the game itself, but I wanted to ask you, how did you find out? How did you get the word that uh, you'd be featuring in uh, Saturday, September 10th game against the Colorado Switchbacks? So I've actually, I've known for a little bit um, that Nate, Steinwasher, obviously a regular starter. He had a, a previous commitment that he had to attend to uh, for personal reasons, and so I've kind of I've actually known for a few months now. Um, and so yeah, just been getting ready, been been excited for it. 
so a while back you knew that there was a, an opportunity for you um so has it all been have ha, has it all been working up to this this trip kind of mentally and in training i mean in a way yes but at the same time a big part of like just being with the team is you don't is you want to push your whole way through you know like i i'm going to treat every week the same I, the goal is to treat it the same no matter you're playing or you're not because if you're not pushing yourself during the week you're probably not going to be better and you probably won't be um at your best when you do get that chance so i tried to treat it the same as just a normal week maybe but it's uh, it can't lie and say that it exact, felt exactly the same you know it, it it is it does have an impact so how was that day, uh, uh, I guess, like, how was the travel and what was the day like leading up to that? Um, travel was fine. Uh, we we, we kind of have our set routine as a team. We get there the day before the game, um, have a little training session, usually go to wherever we'll play, um, get a feel for the pitch. And then the day of the game is always the same. Um, had some rough weather in Colorado Springs, so that was a little bit more of a curveball than a, a normal trip a little cold and rainy Saturday uh Saturday all day but yeah it was all all standard you know okay so the match itself uh you get your uh professional debut on the road in some pretty unreal conditions and for anyone that didn't watch uh the camera crew whenever the ball went out uh it would pan away to like the floodlights and it just looked like sheets almost just like a faucet was above the the, yeah. the the field uh, tell us about that uh, I mean, it's honestly it's one of those games that you kind of the ones you're used to and you're young just wet rainy like um for me it reminded me a lot of my college days i played it um in the northeast so a lot of cold and raining games um so it the temperature must have been maybe mid 40s windy constant rain um it's one of those games where when you're in and adrenaline's going, it, it's honestly one of the most fun um, conditions to be in. But at the same time, it's it, it really does have an impact on the game, on how the ball moves for me as the goalkeeper, how if maybe don't try to catch the ball, just punch it away. Um, but it, it was fun. It was definitely quite the first game experience, especially with the weather like that. So your side, Detroit City FC, able to come away uh, with a 2-1 victory on the road. LaRouge has been really good on the road as of late. Um, what, what's uh, different? Why, why the results on the road and not at home, do you think? It's, it's hard to say for sure. Um, I think, honestly, it also kind of, that does show how much teams, um, I would say, even have us circled on their schedules that, Especially, I think we, I, I'd say we probably took the league by surprise um, early in the season, especially at home um, with that, with the amazing crowd behind us. We obviously we have great supporters with that supporters behind us. I think a lot of the teams were kind of not ready to play in an atmosphere quite like that. And um, our team, we have some amazing players who come out and every game, their intensity is at 110%, I think that after some time maybe some teams adjusted and they're they knew that to be ready for really a war when they're coming into keyword stadium 
Um, and for, and I think also we've been a little unlucky uh, in the last couple months. We've had some results that should we felt we should have gotten the win. Um, but hey, that's that's part of the game. Um, but it's also great that we're still taking care of business on the road um, with the group that we have. There's a very big maturity, and we know Tate like points are important in this league. We wanna we wanna make the playoffs and. Uh, if especially if we're not quite getting it done at home the way we want to, that away games become even more valuable for us. Uh, Saturday itself, uh, you saw uh, your your side score two really fun goals: uh, a diving header and then a a rocket yeah. half volley. And then the second half uh, definitely seemed to be where uh, that's where you had your 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 moments where you earned your, your accolades. Uh, kind of tell us how the game went on. Cause it seemed like Colorado was just building and building and building the pressure on your net. Definitely. I mean, uh, their record itself speaks for itself. Um, one of really one of the attack, the top attacking teams in the country. And I think especially considering the environment, the high altitude, the rain, um, we saw how they like to play. They're very good at keeping the ball. They very quick attack. Um, we knew it wasn't the game where we want to high press and go crazy because just knowing our strengths and stepping into an environment like that, we knew we had to be a little bit more smart in the way we approach the game. Um, and I think especially the first half was kind of feeling it out. We, we didn't necessarily have as much possession as we like to in a, in a normal game, but, um, with us letting them have the ball a little bit more, we're ha- having them keep it away from our final third, which is, I think we did an amazing job of. Um, and yeah, I think in the first half, we did a decent job of living their chances of clear cut chances. And obviously an amazing um, corner kick goal at the, towards the end of the first um, Maxi put away a great ball in by Antoine and, Matt with the perfect header to flick it on and great timing on the run from Maxi. Um, it was definitely just the circumstance of this game where, Hey, we're going to have to be smart about how we attack. We're, we'll pick our moments more careful, like pretty carefully. Um, and it's going to be a hard, it's going to be a team that we're going to have to fight all 90 plus minutes. Um, in Colorado Springs, does, uh, the elevation affect you to the point, like when you go, uh, to um uh boulder or something like that where it's clearly like you're you're taking like uh you're getting like a little bit lightheaded when you first get there what's it like in colorado springs where you played that game saturday so i'm not exactly sure how high up it is i know it's it's enough to team that it's kind of talked about when teams visit there it's it's a bit of a struggle they have i think they even have like a warning sign like here's some warning signs of altitude sickness Hmm. um um for me, it didn't feel obviously too much different, but I'm not the one running as much as my my teammates. Um, so, but from what they told me, they could definitely feel um, they could feel the altitude, especially early on in the game. But really, as the game goes on, maybe the adrenaline kicks up a notch. Um, but uh, yeah, it 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 definitely it definitely plays a role when teams travel to Colorado Springs. You made a number of saves there that uh, kept uh, Colorado at bay. Uh, they eventually broke through right at the end, but you'd held them out for long enough to, to see out 
the win. Um, was there any saves in particular that like really got you fired up? Um, the one on the there's one in I believe around the 80th more or less off a corner kick that uh, he headed it down. I was able to dive to my left to keep it out. That one had me pretty fired up. But to be honest, they I thought we like our team did just such an amazing job of limiting their clear cut chances. They they had a couple, but none were very a lot. They're mostly contended, um, contested like difficult shots for one of the ones they wanted to take. Um, and that just showed to like just the effort everyone put in on in that game. Um, whenever you can make your goalkeeper's life easier, it's just better. That's how you know your team is performing great defensively, especially. So you were kind of telegraphed that this was going to be your game, and that uh, Nate Steinwasher, the the goalkeeper who's played all the games leading up to this moment, um, did they kind of instruct you to play in the same vein, like passing and. Uh, instructions and stuff as uh, Nate, or was it kind of like do your thing and adjust accordingly? Um, so I'd say it it'd be more. It was more of do my own thing. Um, I think Nate and I do play. We're both goalkeepers who like like especially with our feet. Like I enjoy playing with my feet. Obviously, Nate is probably the best goalkeeper in the league with with the ball on his foot. Um, there's very few who are at the top there. And I, I do rate myself of being a decent goalkeeper with his feet. Um, so, but however, it was more, probably more so just because of the opponent. Um, our game plan was maybe not so much keep it in the back, especially given the conditions. They're a team that presses very high. They have a very quick um, press and they're very successful at getting goals with it. So especially the game plan coming in was like, okay, um it might not be on to play as much today and that's fine um if we got to kick the ball up and fight for it up there that's fine as long as we're not giving them easy goals in our in front of our net um we we will we'll work with what's in front of us you know so i guess more of the game plan was maybe we'll not keep it as much as we regularly do in the back that makes sense, especially like you said, you weren't quite sure how the altitude was going to affect you. And then they were definitely aggressive and very quick there on uh, their front line and their press. So that seems like a very sound adjustment. Um, so up to this until the season, you came in in March and then you got your first start here uh, later on in the season. What uh, have you learned uh, being a pro uh, up until this point, only being involved in like the training aspects and being with the team, obviously not getting the starts. Like, what have mm-hmm. you learned up until that point this year? Um, it's it's difficult. It's it's really difficult um, to essentially kind of be a practice player in a way. Um, for the guys that don't play as much, I think it really. However, like it's not like here's the team and here's the guys that don't play. Especially like at this team, especially there's such a very good intermix within the squad, um, and a lot of the guys that don't play are really like using their trainings to try to prove themselves still. So it's definitely it's definitely difficult to not play games because we're all here because we love to play, and there's nothing that beats playing in a game. Um, but the patience, especially that's I've learned to deal with in my last two seasons, um, I think will help me for the rest of my life. Um, 
and it just and especially the when you don't necessarily when you have to wait such a long time and work so hard for such an extended period for to get to an end product that you want to get to um it kind of just uh it helps you feel like you're what you're doing is right you know like i'm doing this i'm being patient i'm keeping a good attitude and it'll it'll work out and uh and, and having some reward at the end of it you don't know you know that you're on the right path so to speak Exactly. Yeah, I would say so. And then, so that being said, what do you think that you most learned from your, your game on Saturday? Um, honestly, it just gave me uh, probably a confidence um, that I've been felt in a little bit. And it was kind of almost like validating my, myself in a way that I know I can play at this level. Um, I can be like, I deserve to be here. I deserve, like, I, I want to, I love to play. I want to be on the field. And I know that if the time comes where I can be on the field, like, I want to, I know I can, I'm not a liability. I can, I can bring value to the game, value to my team and be there for my teammates. Um, you uh, hail, if I, if I believe this correct, you hail from Florida and then you went to college in the Northeast and then you spent some time in Tucson. So the Midwest and uh, Michigan itself is, is, is very new to you, right? It is. Yeah. What is something that uh, you've been here since March? What is something that you've learned about this area that you didn't know before you lived here? Honestly, I never... I've never spent time up north during um, the summer months before because usually um, in in college I would um, be home for the summers down in Miami. Um, I've never spent a summer up north and it's beautiful. <laughs> I never realized just how great it is up here. Um, all my summers I've spent in the southern United States, whether last year I was in Arizona, which is brutal. Um, training in 100 to 110 degree weather was not fun and then Florida itself is also the summer isn't the best time to be in South Florida Um, but I've I've been I've really enjoyed it I love Detroit I love the area Um, I I can't wait to I would love to check out other parts of Michigan I wish I was now that it's getting more into fall I guess I still could but I'd love to see more of the state itself and the the area but I've really liked it. I've loved the weather. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a really, really nice summer weather-wise uh, this year. And then it is worth it if you have a chance. Uh, there are some really ridiculously underrated and beautiful areas, especially on the west side of the state. And, uh, I mean, even mm-hmm. here on the southeast, but the north uh, and uh, the west side are pretty unreal, especially in the summer. Uh, the west side of the state gets snowed on for about five months through the winter, so in wow. the summer it's just the greenest uh I you can bet. imagine yeah so it's worth it's worth the trip it's worth a trip out there um what's something that uh you'd want the uh the la rouge the the northern guard or just the fans in general to know about you uh ryan uh Shello, that they, they may not know oh that's a good question i've been able to get a lot of the good ones i i love um, haven't found, I, I'm, I'm a huge food person. Um, one of my favorite things is my, to do I, kind of my free time is my girlfriend and I will cook foods, um, and try out different restaurants. And 
I haven't found, I haven't checked out any sushi places yet here. Um, and the other thing that it might be difficult to replicate, I've heard there's a good restaurant is, um, my mother's side of the family are from Cuba. So to have some good Cuban food would be great. I've heard there is a pretty good Cuban spot in downtown that I still need to check out. But, um, yeah, I, I love to eat and check out new restaurants. So if they ever have any great, um, restaurants that are maybe not as well known, I'd love to, to, to get a list and check them all out. Have you been able to, uh, dabble in any Middle Eastern food? That's definitely something you can find here in abundance that aren't in a lot of cities. I have, I have, and I've absolutely loved it. I yeah, that's it. definitely something. Uh, I lived for a long time in Chicago, which has all of the different foods, but uh, uh, the Middle Eastern doesn't compare it to here for sure. Oh my gosh, it's been it's been incredible. Some of the some of the meals I've had from some of the uh, Middle Eastern restaurants. So uh, last little bit here, moving forward, I'm glad that you're you're enjoying your time and finding some some foods and stuff that you like here. Yeah. Um, kind of what's uh uh the plan looking forward, there's a, a big home game on Saturday with uh, Tampa Bay coming into town and just uh, two more home games after that, before uh, the playoffs. Um, what do you foresee uh, from the side moving forward here in this, this last little bit before the playoffs? I think we're, we're, we have a pretty good momentum right now. I know we're really pushing to, we want to secure that home field advantage. Um, to get a home playoff game would be unbelievable. We know how well our, our our supporters show out every weekend, but especially like when there's an elimination game, a game on the line, um, do or die type of thing, as they showed in the U.S. Open games from this year, um, that those environments were second to none. Like really, and those were the ones where I was still pretty new and I was just wow, I was wowed with the support. Um, so we just want to keep the momentum going off the win. Um, I think we want to have a better showing this weekend when we play the Rowdies than when we played them the first time. They they kind of took it to us a little bit that game. So we I think we'd love to have a good response in front of our home fans, get get back to winning on our home field um, is a big goal for this weekend. Um, and yeah, we're excited. We think this last stretch is a time where we can pick up pick up some good points um, see if some of the guys were competing for that, maybe four through six or seven in the playoff runs. They can hopefully drop some points that we can take advantage of. So that home playoff berth is definitely like the the carrot that's being dangled right now to, to keep pushing? Definitely, definitely. I mean, playoffs in itself is, as we make playoffs, we're, we'll, be, we'll be pleased, but I, definitely the home, a home playoff game is what we're, we're pushing for, for sure. Well, uh, Ryan Shalow, uh, goalkeeper for uh, Detroit City FC, uh, congratulations on uh, your appearance on Saturday and the accolade of Man of the Match. And uh, all the best moving forward. And thank you for joining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.
Welcome back, listener. My name is Robert Kerr, back with you here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. We're now going to change gears and put a little bit of a spotlight on the college game right here in the Great Lakes State. After dropping their first game against a very tough Butler, Western Michigan Broncos have ripped off three impressive wins over Big Ten opponents to talk about his team's hot start, great last nine days, and kind of what he's done over the last decade at the program. I'm very pleased to be joined by WMU Bronco head coach Chad Wiseman. Thank you for joining the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, sir. Yeah, excited about it. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking about some Bronco soccer this afternoon. Yeah, I am going to be liberal with my homerism because I am a fellow Bronco, so uh, I'm going to brush off that uh, objectivity uh, for a moment with you. But it's been a great two weeks. Uh, you, I was actually there in uh, DeMartin Stadium when you took care of uh, Michigan State. Uh, before that, you had another Big Ten victory. and then, Or actually, that was your opening at Michigan State. And then a dramatic win at Wisconsin. And then uh, a 3-0 win over Northwestern over the weekend. Big nine days. Uh, walk us through uh, the start of your season. Well, I mean, we think that we have a, a very experienced team coming into the 2022 team and our season, and uh, we wanted to challenge ourselves with the with the tough schedule. You know, we we, we consistently do that. And, you know, we open up at Butler, and, and we've always, we've had some great battles with Butler over the my tenure here at Western. Coach Snapey and his staff they do a great job. And, um, it's really difficult to beat Butler on their home for on their home field, um, and we fell a little short. I mean, we battled with them for about eighty minutes, and we probably missed a, our opportunity to go ahead. Um, we created a really nice chance by Landon Fisher. Keeper made a great save. A minute later, we're, we're taking the ball out of the back of our net, um, and we dropped that result down the road. I think we were pretty disappointed, but um, you look at what Butler's done since, and you know they've beaten Marshall. Um, you know, they got a tough, tough game coming up with IU, but, uh, you know, they're ranked in the top 15 of the nation and they look to be uh, the real the real thing this year. So uh, that probably won't go down as a bad loss, that's for sure. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, when you direct our attention to, to Michigan State in East Lansing, first of all, it was an unbelievable atmosphere over there in East Lansing at DeMart Stadium. And Damon and his staff, and uh, you know, they had the game sold out and they had some marketing things that uh, generated uh, – you know, fans and the community to come out. And the student section was was all over our guys, probably specifically Hunter Morris, right? Uh, you know, what can you say about Hunter? He's a three-year starter at Michigan State, got his degree there. And COVID has uh, uh, granted him an extra year, and so he's over here at Western as a grad student. But uh, that won't take away from his time at Michigan State, that's for sure. But, you know, when we went to kick off, I mean, we've had some unbelievable games at DeMartin Stadium against the Spartans. Right, and not just not just the soccer games, but the atmosphere. We go back to 2017, our Sweet 16 matchup against them. Um, you know, uh, this one was a was probably a close second. I mean, it was underneath the lights and uh, Labor Day weekend to start it all off. And I thought we we performed very very well. Right, um, you know, we we handled the environment, and and I thought did a very good job of controlling the game. I mean, listen, that's the second straight year that we played Michigan State. Um, and we haven't allowed a shot on goal for the Spartans. And I think that's saying something, and I think you got to give credit to our defensive efforts there. Um, 
you know, Michigan State's got a lot of talented attacking players, and for them not to generate a shot on goal in 180 minutes, two consecutive years, like I think that's a pretty big time stat right there for for the Broncos. Um, you know, we certainly have a lot of respect for the Spartans, and uh, you know they're a program that's recently been in the Final Four, right? Like uh, year in year out, they're they're extremely talented and always a tough out. But you know we've had a little run of success against them. You know, we talk about uh, uh, you know we've won the last three contests uh, in the regular season. So um, there's there's nobody on the on our roster that's that's ever dropped a result to Michigan State. Right. And if you look at the history of our program, boy, there's not many alumni that can say that. There's not, there's not many alumni, including myself, that can say uh, we got a win against Michigan State when we were playing. So, um, you know, it's, it's something that's uh, a bit of a rivalry, whether Michigan State wanted the rivalry or not. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that uh, uh, we created that. It's not a rivalry unless both teams are winning. Right. And for years and years and years, you know, Western Michigan wasn't wasn't winning in that matchup, right? And, mm-hmm. and in recent years, we've been controlling the matchup, and so now I think that there's a there's a little bit of a rivalry there, and I think it's all in good fun, and I think it's uh, you know speaks highly of of the talent in the state of Michigan, right? Certainly, Michigan State values recruiting the Michigan kid, and you look up and down our roster, we got Michigan kids everywhere, right? And, and one of our goals every single year is to win the state of Michigan. Right. And you look at it, we're 11 and 0 in our last 11 games against the state of Michigan teams. Right. So I think that's pretty impressive. And when you talk about that, uh, six of those 11 games are on the road, too. Um, so, and we're not dropping a, a tie amongst the way, um, you know, being able to get a win in all 11 of those games. I think that's a, a pretty impressive stat that the boys have put together over the last three years, actually four years. I think 2018 was the last time we dropped a game in the state. So we want to continue to try to, to, to win the state every year. Uh, to be perfectly honest, we want to dominate the state of Michigan, right? And that's a goal of ours, and uh, I'm sure the other programs have that goal too. And, um, in recent years, uh, the Broncos have been doing it. So, so that was a great game, right, and to walk out of there with, with a win and, and get level with our, with our schedule with one and one and come back home for our home opener against Wisconsin, right, and, uh, give a lot of credit to Wisconsin to travel on into Kalamazoo for the first time in the history of their program. Coach Jones brought his team over. Um, that's that's big time for the college game, right? We we had 1,900 fans there, right? We had a big wow. festival called Bronco Soccer Fest. It was well attended, right? And our marketing department did an unbelievable job putting that out. Um, and it was a great college atmosphere in Kalamazoo, right? And um, game kicks off, and we concede what we would we'd call a little bit of a soft goal early. Right. And we were a little disappointed about that for sure. And, um, you know, coach Jones's teams are, are very organized defensively and very tough to break down. And I think that naturally saw them fall into a defensive posture early in the game. Right. Uh, we stayed with it and just kept, kept doing our thing. Right. Like we're an explosive team We're we're a team that can be good on the ball. We're a team that, that tries to keep the ball with a purpose uh, to go forward and create goal-scoring opportunities. And, you know, for the next 70 minutes, I thought we did exactly that, right, was just come at Wisconsin over and over. And you certainly give Wisconsin credit because uh, they bend but but didn't break, right? It was, you know, we create a chance, man. We, we, 
we shoot it wide or we shoot it higher. A defender blocks a shot or the keeper makes a save. And that process kind of repeated itself over and over and over until we get into about five minutes to go. And finally we create a break and Dylan finds himself inside the box and, and smashes a ball home. I think I give some credit to Dylan Singh right now, right? He's got goals in three consecutive games, one against state, one against Wisconsin and one against Northwestern. I, I think that that's, that's saying something for that individual. Um, but then the, then the last four and a half minutes was just kind of like mayhem. I, I think a lot of college coaches, certainly including myself, we're trying to figure out exactly what the college game is going to look like now with no overtime, you know, and uh, I, we're, we're extremely disappointed that the overtime has been taken away. Right. And, um, the NCA will tell you that, uh, you know, that uh, the players are the ones that decided that, but Nobody in a Bronco uniform voted for, for overtime to be taken away. That's for sure. I guess we'll adjust, right? But trying to see how games are try, uh, trying to see how games get played out, knowing that you know if you equalize late, there isn't an extra twenty minutes. Um, so we're still still trying to see that landscape. But um, I think both teams went after it in the last four and a half minutes. I mean, Wisconsin didn't sit in; they they went after the, the win, and they had a couple chances inside our box. Ball probably didn't fall their way, and. Literally with 30 seconds to go, Hunter Moore smashes the ball up and Wisconsin knocks out for a throw in. And uh, funny thing is, is I think that, uh, well, I don't think, but I'm, I'm yelling for, for a long throw into the box and, and Lockwood throws a short throw to Charlie Sharp, our captain, who backheels it to, to the thrower, Lockwood, and he serves a, a, a great ball into the box that, that gets over the Wisconsin defender Right. And, and, and J.R. Robinson transfer from Marquette, Marquette, our left back was was obviously pushed all the way in and takes a half volley out of the air with literally one second. And, um, it was a crazy, crazy finish. Right. Like it was one thing to think, oh, he didn't take the throw in from the right spot. The throw in was exactly where it went out. And then there's another thing to think, oh, there wasn't any time on the clock. There was easily a second on the clock. Uh, so everything. You know, everybody starts celebrating and, and, and rushing the field. And, and then we have to pull everybody back off to play that last second, right? And, <laughs> and we do so that. There was, a, there was a storming of the field. That had, did, did, did they do it a second time when the one second ticked off? Well, it, it took a good five minutes to get everybody off. And I think the, 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 the enthusiasm and excitement um, was kind of calmed down after that, right? But, but our fans were into it, right? And uh, what a goal. We find ourselves on ESPN top 10 plays, you know, the next day. And um, I think it's some great national recognition for our university and athletic department, certainly our men's soccer program. Right. But uh, it's one of those games where both teams are never going to forget it. Right. And we're certainly happy that we were on the, the positive side of that memory. Um, and, I, and I think Wisconsin's a really good team. Right. Like certainly they're going through a culture change with with new coach, Coach Jones. But you look at where he's been, anywhere he's been, player, assistant coach, head coach, that guy has won, right? And um, he's going to continue to do that at Wisconsin. And uh, even look at, uh, you know, some of the results that they've had early in the season. I think when we look at the end of the season, we're going to look at that Wisconsin game. That's going to be a really good win uh, for Western Michigan. So so that, that was great. That makes two in a row against the big, right? And um, we look at Northwestern on the weekend. Now, some people would say that, uh, you know, who's crazy enough to schedule three straight big 10 teams. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I guess sometimes the schedule just falls the way that it is. It's, it's not that Western Michigan really has a say in uh, 
when we get to play some of these guys, right? Like we could give it a date and uh, we either take that date or maybe we lose that game, right? And we don't want to lose that game. We want to play those guys. And, um, so when we look over at Northwestern, it's our first time playing Northwestern like 20 years. And coach Russell's a new coach over there. He's also in his second year. and He's got a great track record of being very, very successful. And I have no doubt that he's going to have a lot of success at Northwestern, but there's not a lot of film familiarity with the two programs, right? Like just haven't played each other. Um, I think the recruiting demographics are a little bit different for each institution. So really don't even come up um, against each other in the recruiting cycles. But uh, so we go down there and I think the game is set up for us to have a slight letdown, right? Like you're on the highs of highs with the excitement and the way that we win against Wisconsin. And, um, you know, I I think we we depended heavily on our leadership to say, hey, listen, uh, you got to find a way to make sure that, you know, the tempo of the game, the intensity of the game, our effort is there. And if you watch that game against Northwestern, it might have been our best performance of the three games, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought we controlled it from start to finish. I thought that we completely uh, got Northwestern off their game, scored three first half goals um, and probably left a few out there. Right. And um, we're talking a halftime, like the intensity of the game is gone. Right. Certainly we know they're going to regroup and come at us in the second half. And, um, and they did that, but uh, we weathered that storm pretty well and really limited their time on the ball. And Northwestern's a team that really wants to be on the ball. Um, and then really limited their, 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 their attacking chances. They had a few in the, in, a few in the run of play and a few set pieces, but I mean, statistically, I thought we dominated the game. Right. And, um, we pull off our, our, our third win in a row and two of them on the road against big 10 teams and one of them at home. And that's where we sit, you know, three and one at this point in the season. Uh, certainly if you told me we we're going to be three and one after those four games, I would sign up for that. Right. And, um, yeah, that was my next question. I was like, when you saw that, uh, over the summer, uh, were you, I'm guessing you weren't thinking three and one. Well, you know, listen, there's, uh, with no overtimes and things like that, I think a draw is going to mean a little bit more in the season these days. And um, you, you just never know where it's going to go. But like I said, I'm very pleased with the start of our season. I think we're playing at a really high level early. Um, and I think the nicest thing about uh, this this team is is the future of the season. I think our best soccer is ahead of us, right? Like we got a lot of players that uh, still haven't really shown up in the score sheet yet. Uh, and they're very capable of and, um, so just kind of look forward to see how this team continues to progress. That's very exciting. Three and one, and, uh, the best is still to come from some, um, I wanted to revisit, you were talking about the change, uh, in overtime and the lack thereof in, uh, the regular season, uh, from a non-athlete, not an outsider. I would have thought the reduction of minutes with an already condensed schedule would have maybe like been helpful, but you're saying that's not the case. Well, I mean, there's, I think you can look at it a couple different ways. Number one, I mean, for the for the entertainment standpoint, for our fans, for our supporters, right? Like they like golden goal overtime, right? It gets exciting for for maybe the for maybe the fan that is not as educated on the game of soccer, right? And um, and, and it was something special that I thought college soccer had over the other different levels, right? And um, you know, college soccer is unique, and and it is so different from you know. USL two or, or anything you want to compare it to. And I'm not saying that it's better or worse. I'm just telling you that it's unique. And I thought the golden goal overtime was, 
one of the things that that made us so unique and, and, and that's kind of been taken away now um the other thing is is like I, I could play 40 guys in a college soccer game there's no restrictions on how many guys you can roster there's no there's basically very little restrictions on substitutions i mean a guy can can play in the first half come out he can play in the second half come out and go back in so at the end of the day you're talking about an extra 20 minutes at most um you know, if you have depth in, on your roster, I, I don't see it, right? And, um, but, you know, um, there's a lot of other programs that would probably disagree with me. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to align it, uh, I guess, more with the FIFA game, you know. And um, I try to keep some of the college soccer things that are so sacred to college soccer. I'd like them to keep them there. And um, our, our guys enjoy it, man. I, we've been on both ends too, right? You win in overtime. It's an unbelievable high. And you lose in overtime, and it's an unbelievable low, right? So um, I get both ends of it. This is your 10th season, uh, we mentioned. And uh, you're at uh, a level now that uh, definitely the program was not at when you started in uh, 2013. Uh, some of the accolades you've uh, – in 2017, uh, Western won their, the first MAC championship, and uh, you were nationally ranked for the first time. Um what are some of the things that you instituted in the last 10 years that have, have gotten the Broncos to this point where you got 11 wins against in-state opponents and uh, you're, 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 you're getting, uh, uh, you're beating big 10 opponents regularly and um, you're, you're on the national stage or at least competing to get at that national stage. What, uh, what have, what's uh, been the, the things that you've instituted uh, over this time period? Yeah, so I think that's a, a loaded question. I'll do my best to answer it. Yeah. I, I guess I was, what were the big things when you started? How about we'll break it down a little bit more yeah. granular. When you started, what were like the things like alarm bells? Like I got to change this. Yeah. So 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 I'm an individual that I'm quite confident in my strengths, and I'm quite aware of my weaknesses. Right, and um, I surround myself with people that complement my weaknesses. And I think it goes back to when 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 I was appointed the head coach at Western. Coach Ross coming with me from Olivet College, bringing in Coach Mark Franklin up from Grand Rapids. Uh, those two guys were, were very significant in, in the culture change here at Western Michigan. Um, you fast forward a little bit more and bring it on Coach Groves, who's, who's been very successful as a head coach in the NAIA. And now when you talk about, I mean, I got Coach Lyons here. Coach Lyons is, is one of the very best young coaches in the entire nation right now. You've seen him a little bit in the summer circuit, right? And the mm -hmm. success that he's had with KCFC. Yep. Uh, I think what he does is, is, is certainly special. Bringing on Coach Haynes, a 10-year head coach on the women's side. Uh, he's got a lot of knowledge. And, um, I just continue to surround myself with with awesome, uh, talented coaches within our program that that can you know, provide our student-athletes um, – with development opportunities that maybe that my skill set doesn't allow me to, right? But I can still focus on what I'm good at. Um, so I would start there. I think we've been very, very lucky to have some, some, some awesome assistant coaches work with us. Um, and then I would say, you know, it comes down to recruiting, right? Like we're, we're winning recruiting battles, right? I mean, if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, nobody recruited Brandon by, right? University of Pittsburgh looked at him a little bit, but. All the other regionals, you know, he didn't play in the the DA. wasn't an academy kid, five or six sport athlete. And we like athletes at Western Michigan. If you watch us play, we're very explosive, right? 
if we have an opportunity to grab somebody who might be a little bit more athletic as opposed to somebody who maybe has a little bit more soccer savvy, I mean, we'll go after that guy. Um, you know, we value that. And, uh, you know, when we come up in competition with other schools, you know, like uh, we want guys that want to be Broncos that are a hundred percent bought in. Right. And, um, when we find those guys, they have unbelievable careers and um, they certainly help us continue to elevate our program. I think we've been very successful in the transfer portal, right? Um, you look at some of the guys that we've had over the years, um, you know, some of our very best Broncos have come through the transfer portal. I mean, Nick Wysong was the captain of the University of Pittsburgh. He came here for two years, was our captain way back in the day. Chase Rao was at University of Wisconsin. Sean Connerty was at Michigan State. I mean, those guys really got it started, right? And, uh, you know, just recently, Brendan Skinner, our, our two-year captain, tri- uh, graduated. He transferred in from Marquette. You look at this year's class, J.R. Robinson came in from Marquette. Matt Lockwood was a captain at Dixie State, which is now known as Utah Utah Tech, I believe. Um, and Hunter Morris, right, a three-year starter at Michigan State between the uh, between the cage, right? And um, we, We've been able to sprinkle those in. Our culture here at Western, like – we want the very best players to come in. The players that are in our program know that. and They welcome those guys to come in. They welcome their experiences. They welcome, you know, the talent that they have to be able to come here, even so be it just for a semester or two, right, depending on where they're at in their uh, eligibility form. So I think combination of assistant coaches and maybe how we recruit and the type of player that we recruit, um, you know, and uh, we're, we're, in a, we're in a unique position, I think, here in Kalamazoo too, right, like, 45 minutes is Grand Rapids. We're halfway between Chicago and Detroit. And there's a lot of talented players in, in those areas right there, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think that we're, we're fortunate um, that the state of Michigan is extremely ta- talented with youth soccer. Um, so, you know, maybe a player or two goes, goes a different direction, but, you know, three, four, five, six in the state of Michigan are still pretty talented, right, and can make a difference. Um and then I think we created an atmosphere within our program, too, and a culture within our program, if you will, where, you know, uh, we hate to lose more than we like to win, right? And that's got to be an everyday thing, right? You can't just say that. That's an everyday thing. And we don't care what, what the name says on the jersey that we're playing. I mean, we're prepared and we're confident because of our preparation for each game that we can go out there and we can win the game. We fully expect it. Every single time we step on the field, we fully expect to win. Right now, obviously, that doesn't always happen. Right. But I think that's a confidence. That's a preparation that I think that tells you a little bit about our student athletes. Right. And listen, one of the things I'm most proud about, I mean, last year, right, 32 guys, we posted a 3.62 team GPA. Right. That's number two in the nation for Division One men's soccer. Right now, obviously, each institution has a different curriculum. Right. And so I'm not here to debate whose curriculum is stronger, that or this. All I'm telling you is that there are some characteristics that go along with that stat, right? And we believe that those characteristics from the classroom follow them right into the field. I mean, we are a blue-collar team with talented players uh, that go out and earn everything that comes their way, right? And uh, that's important to us, right? And it's something that certainly our our administrators value, but, but more importantly, our institution values, right? We, we want to win in the classroom just like we win on the soccer field. And, and the combination of both is is uh, is awesome to be a part of, right? And, 
Yeah. That, yeah, that, that team camaraderie was uh, very visible and on display uh, up at DeMartin when I got to uh, see you guys play in person. I mean, uh, the goal celebration, like everybody celebrated all together. Uh, I'm impressed by the restraint of the uh, student supporter section because your Broncos went right in front of them to, to, to give them the business. And, uh, but that atmosphere was awesome. Um, kind of back on kind of like the decade in, and you're talking about winning recruiting battles within the state. Where would you say on like kind of a bigger picture, would you say the, like the average youth soccer player in Michigan is improving? Like, is it, is that, is that pool raising up? Is it widening? What, what does that look like right now? Yeah, let me let me. I'll answer that in a second. Let me go back to the, to the enthusiasm thing. So, you know, as a, as a younger coach, earlier in my tenure, you know, you're always looking to try to learn from other coaches. I remember I remember going down to to a clinic that Bobby Clark ran at, at Notre Dame, right when he was the head coach there. Uh, he said something uh, to me. He said, "Nothing, nothing good in sport will happen without enthusiasm." Right. And he wasn't talking just soccer. He was talking about sports in general. And I think that's what makes college athletics so unique and so uh, entertaining for fans It is the enthusiasm. And it's not it's not something that uh, it's, it's very genuine. Right. Like they feel it, uh, you know, and, and you can you can kind of feel it if you're a supporter of the Broncos. And we certainly encourage it. Right. Not only in games, but in training sessions and everything that we do, we're a competitive bunch and. And with that comes uh, a lot of enthusiasm. So, so that's kind of where, where I stole that, right? Coaches, you know, they don't come up with everything on their own. I certainly won't <laughs> take credit for everything on my own. Right? Some of the best things that coaches do is steal other people's ideas. And I took that one from, from Coach, Coach Clark and appreciate him sharing that with me. I mean, that might have been nine, ten years ago. How do you instill the enthusiasm then? Well, you gotta, you got you to gotta create a competitive environment in everything that you do. There's got to be a winner and there's a loser, right? And, and, and then you got to encourage celebrations, Right. Like you got to encourage them uh, grabbing each other and, and celebrating together and uh, realizing that they're accomplishing something. Right. You got to be able to turn the page, too. Right. You can't dwell on it. Right. You got to be able to turn the page. And I think we do a good job of that. Right. You got to be able to celebrate your successes. Right? You can't uh, you celebrate them and you move on. Right. And it's just like it's as easy as to be able to say you got to be able to learn from from from, uh, you know, your failures which we do, but we got to be able to move on from them as well. Uh, so kind of switching switching the mode here to, to the recruiting, I, I think that uh, the youth soccer player, the domestic youth soccer player right now is way more talented than what it used to be 10 years ago, right? I think there's way more opportunities. I think there's so many more uh, talented youth soccer coaches right now uh, that have decided to uh, basically do that for a career. Um, you know, there's a lot of different levels in youth soccer. Uh, I'm still, I'm still definitely somebody who really values the high school game, mm-hmm. right? Like obviously the high school game is not as strong, um, as the, as the club game, right? Like, mm-hmm. but there, there are other things that an individual can learn through a high school season, right? Mm-hmm. And how to be an, an incredible leader, right? I mean, we recruit leaders to this program. Right. We tell everybody at day one, you better be a leader. You better find a way to lead. If you don't like leading, this is not the place to come. Right. Uh, but I think you can really grow on that. Most times in the high school season, you know, you're dealt the hand that you have. And um, you got to figure out how to make some of those players that maybe only play two months out of the year a little bit better. Right. And, 
Uh, you know, you can play your crosstown rival. And, uh, you can have 1,500 fans in the stands and, and all your peers, and, and that can that can get the juices flowing a little bit, and that's exciting. Or you can go play in a state cup championship or uh, an academy playoff game and, and have 150 fans on the sidelines, right? Certainly a lot of college coaches, but it's just totally different, right? And so I, I value both. I think if we can continue to recruit some academy kids or MLS next now and and continue to throw some state-level kids in there, too. It's a good mix to have a, a really talented college soccer team. Um, so that's kind of where I would go with it. That's exciting to hear that uh, from your perspective that that it is getting better because uh, my kids are very young, so I, my, my youth soccer is very much at the the, 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 the beginning ages, so I, I don't see too much of like the, the teenagers uh, uh, at, at, at the moment. That's going to change here in a minute. I'm going to be focusing a lot on high school soccer coming up moving back to your team and the moment right now like you said in the summer you had a really tough lineup of uh, opponents and you had a number of transfers and uh, you had a coach move along how have you been able to fill the gap of having a number of starters and one of your key assistants uh, move along yeah and I would add that we have an entire new administration within our athletic department too, right? With totally uh, new vision, core values, and direction that they're going to take it. And we're, we're definitely in the mix with NIL, right? And uh, we got that moving for our student athletes. Um, so, so it's a really exciting time. Um, yeah, I, it, that's a loaded question that I don't think I have just one answer for, but like, uh, you know, Coach Ross was with me for 13, 14 years. Um, I have an unbelievable amount of respect for, for what he's done and his loyalty that he's shown not only to me, but to, to the players. Um, he's, his family is growing and um, he's got an opportunity to, to, to move out West and, and try something different. And certainly we support him in that. Um, you know, uh, some of the, we had some players move on as well. And, um, you know, I, I just think we've kind of taken it day by day and, um, We've recruited to our needs, right? We went right out and Coach Lyons and I and found some players that we thought looked really good in a Bronco uniform. And, and so far this season, they've shown that they have. And, um, you know, we want guys that are all in, you know, not guys that are half in or 75% in. And there's no foolproof plan to the recruiting process there, right? But um, we want guys that are all in. And right now we got a team that is all in um, and, and just totally – like, 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 go through some of the experiences that we have, like our experienced players. Like, look at Hunter Morris in goal. This is his sixth college season, okay? You look at our two center backs, Daniel Nimick, who I think Daniel Nimick is one of the best center backs in the entire country, right? And uh, He's both a, an English and Canadian citizen, so I definitely think those three um, MLS Canadian teams should be looking at Daniel for sure. Uh, but I think he's that talented. He's a four-year player. Jalen Shannon's a fifth-year player. Matt Lockwood on the right is in his fifth year. J.R. Robinson on the left is in his third year, right? Eric Connerty was playing our holy mid. He's in his fifth year, right? Up top, you got Mike Malarani, who's in his fifth year, right? Dylan Singh and Charlie Sharp are both in their fourth year. Like, that's an awful lot of experience that those guys have seen some things over their careers, Right. And, and so a lot of times what's going on right now, they're sorting things out on the field before the coaches can even tell them. And, and that's a cool thing to see. And if I could compare anything to the 2017 team is I would compare our leadership traits. Right. We had some unbelievable leaders on that team. And, 
And I think we have some unbelievable leaders here too. Um, now, what we accomplished by season end, well, time will tell, right? But uh, uh, they're a talented bunch, and um, the rest of the guys are, are following them right now. Uh, with all that experience you listed and uh, uh, comparisons to uh, the 27 team, you, you, there's a lot of exciting times to come perhaps this season. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, the Mid-American Conference right now is one of the best soccer conferences in the nation. And, um, you look at what we've done in the last five years. Uh, we've been a top five conference out of the 23, right? Um, it looks like we're going to be really tough again this year. Uh, last year, we got five teams into the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's unheard of, right? Um, now we're, we're playing a little bit different schedule this season. We're playing everybody home and away in the conference, and I think that's going to create – I think some intense matches for sure. I think it's going to probably get a little chippy at times too, right? It always does in conference games, but we certainly welcome that, right? Let's go. Game on. We're ready, right? <laughs> um, we know, you know, the season that NIU had, they got some talented players. Akron's always up there. Bowling Green, I mean, come on, Bowling Green make an argument in the last two years that they've been the very best team in the Mid-American Conference. Um, they got a lot of talent. We welcome Chicago State, who's new, right? And, uh, we'll, we'll figure out what's going on there. We've never played them, so so there's going to be some learning curves there. But um, it, it's going to be a dogfight, right? And, um, we want to we want all the MAC teams to win all their non-conference games, right? Like uh, we want to have really good non-conference schedule. We're, we're trying to do our part. Um, just really proud of of the conference that we represent, and um, I'm really proud of how we represent Western Michigan University. To be honest with you, right? I think we do it with a lot of class and. I think we do it with a lot of fight. And I think, you know, the average fan can relate to our team. And we work our we work our tails off, right? Like, I mean, if you're playing Western Michigan, there's one thing that you're going you're gonna to tell all your team is that we're not going to stop working, right? And that's not always necessarily the favorite team to play against, <laughs> right? Like, uh, and we bring it. And, uh, you know, I, I would anticipate that we're going to continue to bring it as, as the season progresses here. Yeah, you definitely didn't let the Spartans be comfortable at all. And uh, there was never a moment, really, I, I, I thought that you guys were, you know, maybe conserving at all. It, it was all front foot stuff. And then uh, that goal uh, produced the quality uh, when, when needed. And uh, that's definitely impressive. Uh, camaraderie, enthusiasm, and taking your chances, I mean... Those are all pretty great things to see. I'm, I'm sure from from your vantage point that those those things are all happening. Are uh, your uh, MAC opponents scheduling their non-conference as difficult as as you are? Yeah, I think I think all the coaches believe in the philosophy within the MAC that uh, you know we need to go out and play the strongest schedule that we can, right? And then we bring those. Uh, RPI points into our conference and, and then we get all we all get a piece of them and um, we all saw how that was successful last year and, um, again but it's, it's also got to make sense for each program right like you're gonna have to play some of the teams that are within two and a half hours from you regardless of where they're at in, in their um, you know their season except their, or how talented they are on any given year right like um, so, so I would say yes I, I'd say one other thing that I would mention that makes maybe us a little bit more unique and certainly college soccer is just the totally different philosophies from program to program, right? Like how they want to play. Um, you know, it, it, that's what makes college soccer so cool is that you can play, you know, four games. We're playing four different teams with totally different philosophies, right? And, um, 
so I think one of our skill sets is we're able to adjust to that. Um, and I think so far this season, we've been able to, to play these games on our terms, right? And you kind of mentioned it. I mean, we're able to disrupt other teams from doing what they want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're able to do that, I think you're, 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 the rate of the success that you can have on the day goes up, right? And, um, maybe Butler, I think Butler did a really good job of probably installing their philosophy a little bit more than we did ours on the day. And I think maybe that's probably why we saw that result go that way. But the last three games, I think we totally got those Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Northwestern. We got them off of what they were trying to do going into the game. Before I let you go, you got two more games this week. You uh, have a road trip on Wednesday in Fort Wayne, and then you have a game at home at the weekend. Uh, what can you uh, tell us in short about what what you're expecting from those matches? Well, we play Fort Wayne tomorrow, and, and, and since Coach Gordon's been there for a couple of years now, we're going to continue to play them as long as he's there, right? Uh, we got a good relationship. He's in year two, and so certainly they're going to probably be a little bit stronger than they were a year ago. He's got another year recruiting his players, installing his culture, his philosophy, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, going on the road is never easy in college soccer, right? And um, we're going to go down there tomorrow and uh, you know put our best foot forward, and, and, and we fully expect to go down there and get a result, right? And St. Thomas on the weekend be nice to be back at home, right? We've only had one game at home so far this season. Um, you know they they became a Division One program last year, right, for the first time, and you know everybody's saying, hey, we we can host you, we can host you, and. We try to do good things for college soccer where it makes sense for Western Michigan. And one of those was, hey, we'll, we'll come to you. And, and Coach John was like, really? You're going to come out to Minnesota? I'm like, yeah, we'll come to you. Come to us the next year. Um, you know, help him balance his schedule a little bit. I mean, we want to continue to grow programs. We don't want to see programs fold at Division One men's soccer, right? We, we want to see more programs come in, right? Give more, um, you know, soccer players out there more opportunities to compete at our level and um, we're not 100% familiar with St. Thomas. They're not 100% familiar with us either. So um, there'll be some feeling out there. But, uh, you know, I expect to have a good crowd in Kalamazoo. And with the success that we've had, we'll probably have a few more people that jump on the wagon, right, and, and come out and check us out. And we always welcome that, that's for sure. And, um, so I expect both those games to be strong games and um, continue to get us ready for what will be our conference opener a week later against NIU. Uh, speaking of uh, home attendance, when I uh, was at Western uh, <clears throat> a certain amount of years ago, uh, there wasn't a, a, a big crowd going out to the games. And then you mentioned that Wisconsin game, there was a, a big uh, uh, publicity push and you got a big crowd out there. Um, over your uh, tenure, uh, have you seen the, the, the average game attendance go up and general like attention paid to the soccer program go up? From the student yeah, body, sure. I assume, especially? Well, the student body is a little bit challenging to get them out there, right, because we're not on central campus. But, um, you know, when it makes sense for them, they, they come. Uh, the, the greater community has been fantastic. And it starts, uh, I mean, our, eight, our new AD, Dan Bartholomew, I mean, he's got a strong vision that we are we are here to, to entertain families and supporters, not just with, with the sport, but a, a full – you know, cycle of events. And we put on a Bronco soccer fest for Wisconsin and all kinds of uh, inflatables for young kids and cheerleaders and dance, dance team were out there painting faces and 
bunch of soccer activities and feeding people. And um, it was just great. Right. And, and they stayed around for the game. And I think a big part of it is we've got to bring in talented teams to Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you know, people will come and check that out. And when you bring in a Wisconsin, uh, people will come and check it out. I mean, 17, we brought Michigan state here. Um, uh, they had 30, we had 3,500 people for that game. And a week earlier we had brought Michigan to the stadium and they brought 2,500 people. So you know, if you can, you can bring in some of these bigger programs to Kalamazoo, we have an unbelievable playing field, right? I'll put it up there with anybody. It's an, it's an, it's beautiful. Um, our grounds does a great job. And, um, we got to continue to create events around our soccer game that people want to be a part of. That they feel they could bring their family, somebody like yourself, you know, with your little kids, um, that you can be entertained. Um, and, and that's part of our new administration's vision. And, and we got to help our administration execute that, right? But also, we, we got to put on a good product on the field. And I think we've done that in, in my tenure, right? And we recruit locally. I mean, if you look at our, our roster, we, we're loaded with local players. And, and that obviously also installs, um, you know, commitment from other local supporters that want to come out and watch those young men because they remember them in their high school seasons at, at Matawan and at Portage Northern and Stevensville Lakeshore, St. Joe, just to name a few, right? Like, um, it's not just one thing, right? And that's what running a program is all about, which any head coach can tell you. Um you're always worrying about all the other things that uh, that make your program better. Um, it's something that I value and, and have a strong passion for, obviously, being a Bronco. Um, and then hopefully we can continue to, to make our supporters and our administration proud. Well, great to hear you're getting uh, so much support from the community and the administration out there and uh, getting the results. Uh, three wins on the bounce. Uh, lots more action to come. And all the best uh, moving forward for the Broncos. Okay, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. All the best. Go Broncos. All right, listener and viewer, that about does it for this episode of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to my guests, Broncos head coach Chad Wiseman, as well as Detroit City FC goalkeeper Ryan Shello. Excellent guests, as have all of our guests on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast. This is about the third episode going up on YouTube, and we're well over, I think, 60 episodes on Spotify. So if you want to go back and check out any of the conversation and hear the perspectives from all over the Michigan soccer terrain, we've got coaches, players, media members, fans, student fans, All sorts of perspectives, trying to gather as many as possible here on the podcast. I have to shout out uh, Schoolcraft Women's uh, Soccer Team. They are this week's Michigan Soccer Central. We are Soccer Team of the Week, the uh, collaborative team of the week. We have a a, a Slack channel where we uh, review the submissions of teams that have been nominated for their on-field or off-field exploits. And we debate them. I know Bishop Foley, guests on the week on the show last week, were an honorable mention. But this week's Michigan Soccer Central, we are soccer team of the week, goes to the Schoolcraft women's team. So congratulations to them. And thank you for those nominations. And if you see a team that deserves to be in the mix for the We Are Soccer, Michigan Soccer Central team of the week, please send either account your nomination and reason, and maybe even a picture for being the 
Michigan Soccer Central. We are Soccer Team of the Week. Be sure to check out the MI Soccer Central social media channels. All the updates from all levels of the game across all the social medias. You got the Facebooks, you got the Instagrams, and you got the Twitters. All you need, whether you're a coach, player, fan, Michigan Soccer Central is your hub for all your Michigan soccer updates. So, a lot of soccer on the way until I see you next time. So, until we speak again, enjoy your soccer.